Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking all about human design. So another kind of woo-woo, if you want to call it that, and um, not so much science research-based, but I absolutely believe that it's something that we all need to pay attention to, similar to the episodes that we did with Cassie on astrology. I really have benefited from learning about this for me personally. And my guest today is Victoria. But before we get into the episode, I would highly suggest getting your human design charts. Um, it takes probably five minutes online. Some of the websites are jovianarchive.com or mybodygraphs.com. I'll include links in the show notes for you to go straight to and check that out. But this will really help you understand what we're talking about because the chart, if you look at it, it's a little bit crazy. There's numbers and all of these symbols and colors everywhere. So you probably won't understand it, but all you need to see is the top section. I think it says um, type and then you'll either be like a generator, manifesting generator, projector. So that's the part that we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to split this conversation up into the, into the different types. So you can follow along and then have a much better idea as to who we're talking about and some of the recommendations that you can start to apply right away. But my guest today, Victoria, is a human design reader and she's a coach based in California. Her mission is to guide growth-oriented women to use human design to live vibrantly with less hustle and more flow, which I absolutely love. After a decade in Silicon Valley, achieving everything that she thought was she was supposed to, a great career, salary, all the free snacks, <laughs> and she was earthquaked into the harsh reality. She was exhausted, burnt out, and in danger of doing irreparable damage to her health, which we all want to avoid. And she searched for how to heal not just her body, but her spirit. And she discovered human design. And after learning her unique design, it changed her life. It reconnected her back to living in alignment with her energy and intuition, which she'd forgotten all about how to do despite her, quote, self-care. It gave her permission to let go of the shoulds and start living for herself. From this experience, she's passionate about sharing human design with others so that they can boldly live in their truth so welcome victoria and Hi. could you expand on that so how exactly did human design change your life oh my gosh yeah this uh it's a there's a lot to say about it but i'll start with this i discovered human design um about three years ago when i was just living completely out of alignment with my energy type which is a projector and we'll get it all into that um but i was in a corporate job i was pushing really hard because i really thought that is that, that was what I had to do to be successful, to be worthy, to be loved, all the things, right? And I, at the same time, had um, lost my period again, which had happened once before when I had an eating disorder. But again, now when I knew I was eating enough, um, 
had insomnia, mental health issues, just was completely exhausted to the point where like, you know, I would, I used to take a 10 minute bike ride to work and I couldn't even do that towards the end of kind of like when I was ignoring everyone's advice and trying to change everything except the, the biggest thing that was really causing me a lot of stress, which was work. And, you know, part of it was ego. It was like, no, like I can work harder. I can push harder than anyone else. Um, but when I took a step back finally, and I, I actually took a medical leave, um, I realized on reflection, like, this is not what I want to do. And this isn't even really what I'm like authentically good at. It's just what other people want me to do. And so human design to me was really, when I first learned about, you know, how my energy works, it was this like light bulb of, I truly feel like there was a world before I knew about human design than after, because it was a light bulb that went off about how I could live in flow and live in ease in a way I had never imagined for myself. So I think we should start with the basics. What the yeah. hell is human design and how does this differ from totally. something that people may be familiar with, something like astrology, for example? Totally. So I'll start with what human design can help help you get, which is essentially living in more flow. Like to me, once you understand how to work with your energy versus push against it or struggle, like everything becomes easier, right? So for my non-woo-woo friends, like I come from a business background, I'm like, yeah, it just like makes things easier if you have an understanding of your decision-making process of how, you know, you best communicate and so forth. Um, and I know in the beginning, you mentioned a little bit about science and I would say there is actually, if you kind of go deep into the literature, there is a sort of like quantum neutrino sort of scientific theory around how all of all of human design works that said, I'm not a physicist, so I'm not going to speak to like defending all of that. Um, but it's different from, so here's how it's similar to a lot of other systems. It does use your birth date and time, of course, um, but it pulls from not just astrology because there are planets involved in parts of the chart, but also the I Ching, um, the Kabbalah and the chakra system. And it actually came about in the late eighties, the, the founder channeled this information essentially. And in my opinion, it's come about more recently because we actually live in a globalized enough um, world where people know all these different systems. We can talk about them just like, you know, you can talk to a stranger and they generally understand like what the chakras are. Right. Um, and so now we're actually able to integrate like all of these fundamental truths that humans knew, you know, thousands of years ago, and we can combine it in a much more sophisticated way to understand ourselves and to individuate, right? Because we've, I think if you look at history and society, success has usually been spoken about as this is the one thing you do. But the more we learn about ourselves, it's like everybody has a different, has a different way of being, has their own unique gifts, and we can all find what's success for us in a way that you know nobody else has talked about before can someone do this if they don't know the birth time yeah so there's some ways to get around it um i think the first thing is you know you try to find your birth certificate hopefully there's a time but some places don't um you can try calling the hospital they often have records and then or consult like in a you know a parent or someone that was around a lot of people will know a time range so it's like maybe they'll be like oh it was the 23rd between like noon and three and you can put in those times in the chart and see if it changes. Um, in general, the kind of the free chart that you recommended to pull up on Jovian um, or, or my body graph, they sometimes they don't change minute to minute. They can, which is why having it to the minute is important. But if you check and it doesn't, then you can kind of go with that. Um, and then last, last <clears throat> step is if you just have like no idea and you really want to get this, there are people you can work with. Um, 
through this process called rectification and they kind of work with you know energy and they they're like very um, intuitive and they can help you identify your birth time so if people really want that they can reach out to me because I could recommend a few people but um, yeah those would be the steps interesting and is there anything else that you want to mention before we get into the different um, types I would just say because I know your audience is focused on you know hormonal health and I want to point out that of course there's all of the things that happen in the body but there's also what happens to us energetically is also has an effect on the body right like what is stress but just living out of alignment and yeah I mean like this is why acupuncture works right it's like if you're feeling sick and someone like changes the way energy flows in your meridians like boom you can start to feel better so I think if anyone's you know working on their hormonal issues I'm trying to find more ease and balance this is another great lens to plug in to um, how to kind of change your mindset too to live in more flow i'm always promoting looking more holistically so people like really dial in their diet they push themselves at the gym they take all the supplements do all the fancy tests but it's not sometimes until they look into things like acupuncture astrology human design energy medicine that they really start to notice the changes so if you're someone who's been in on the health journey for years now or you're just at the start sometimes starting off with something like this um, before even changing your diet could actually be a good place and the descriptions that you gave earlier of like burnouts and trying to hustle and push through and um, restricting your diet trying to push harder more caffeine less sleep that seems very familiar that's a big one <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I, I can speak about it because I've been there like I went through the whole thing myself so it sounds like 90% of the clients that I work with so I think people are like eager for you to um talk about this in much more detail so i'll let you guide the conversation yeah. and then i'll pop in every now and again with some questions perfect so um let's start with energy type because that's kind of the the fundamental piece of your human design chart and if if you look at it it's like a it's like a human body with like lines and numbers and colors um and and of course you can go very deep like we could talk for hours but the to zoom out the very first thing you want to understand is how am I meant to exchange my energy with the world? Because if you've ever like worked on a project and you know, you were kind of like pushing and pushing, you made it happen and like technically it was successful, but it was like, it really took everything out of you. Like that's, that's your energy out of alignment, right? Like it shouldn't have to be that hard. That's like the first kind of like big mindset shift. And so energy type is really what helps us kind of gives us the directions to work with that. And there are five different energy types. Um, three of them are considered energy types, and then the other two are considered non-energy types. And people fall into one of these categories and they show up in the exact proportions that we need as a society, as a collective, to have the world work, which is actually really beautiful. So I'll start with um, the manifestors because they are the people who are really meant to initiate action in our society. And they're about less than 10% of the population. Um, and historically, they have been the kings, the queens, the army leaders, the people who could really just decide they wanted something and then speak about it, and then it would happen. So it's like, I, I want a pyramid, and like a pyramid gets built, right? Um, and so they have energy, all energy types. Um, they have energy, and when they work on the things they love, it creates more energy within them. So that also goes for generators and manifesting generators. Um, but the thing with manifestors is the quality of their energy, it's more of like a spark, right? So 
it's a little more, it's, it's very quick. These are like fast people. They're spontaneous. They, and they work really well in short bursts. Like I know some manifestors, they'll sit down and they'll like, you know, they'll churn out like three projects in two weeks and then be like, okay, now I need to like take a break. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for them, if I go back to the analogy of like a tribe, right. Manifestors are the ones in our group. If we were like wandering in the forest, they would be the ones to say like, Hey, I think we should stop here and camp. And why don't we build a fire over there? Like they're just coming up with the ideas and they like allow everybody else to say, Oh, cool. Like, and then get on board. Right. So manifestors have this really kind of big energy where they're meant to attract in the people that want to get, get into their movement or participate in the thing they're starting, but they also will, you know, there's also going to be, be people that don't want to be involved. And so that's a really big thing for the manifestor to learn is that <clears throat> their way of exchanging energy with the world is to just own their impulses and go do the thing they want to do and then just tell other people about it. So if you look at um, your chart and you look at all the words, um, you don't need to be able to read the picture, but if you look at the words, um, there'll be something called strategy after the type. And your strategy is really how you want to work with your energy. So in the case of a manifester, their strategy is to inform, well, it's to initiate and to inform. So it's like, they're gonna go, you know, decide they wanna plan, plan the event and they're just gonna tell people about it and the people who are excited will be like, yeah, cool, can I help? How do I get involved? Um, but for them, it's really important to not feel like they need to make themselves smaller or people please or contort themselves in any way. Because when they do that, they literally deny the rest of the tribe their initiating energy, right? They're, they're out of alignment because they're actually not starting the things that they just want to start. And that's what we need them to do because nobody else can do that energetically. Or we can, but it's going to feel really, you know, it's not going to feel great. And when you said about the spark that they get, mm -hmm. um, what happens if they don't immediately take action on that? Does it come back and get back around again? Yeah, so it's going to depend. Um, so this is where it'll get into authority a little bit as well, because your authority, if you look again in the words, um, is it's kind of like the loudest voice of energy or intuition you want to to pay attention to in your body. So <clears throat> if you're a manifester with emotional authority, anybody with an emotional authority, you are generating emotional energy in your body all the time. So <clears throat> the emotional center is the triangle on the right. It's a big triangle on the right in brown. Um, and so for Vivian, for you, it's not it's not filled out, it's white, or what we call undefined. Um, but if you have it defined, so if it's brown, and this can be the case for manifestor, generator, MG, projector, all four of them can be emotional authority. Um, when you're generating this energy and emitting it, right, there's going to be some days you feel a high emotional energy, and other days you'll feel a low emotional energy, and kind of all the different points along that. So you're going to want to... The, the thing for anyone with an emotional authority is for them to wait until they have emotional clarity before they act. Um, because how you feel about something might change over time, right? So they're really here to kind of like sample, like take like snapshots along the way of how they feel and then decide. Um, so in the case of a manifester, they can be really quick and spontaneous. Um, but if it's something bigger and you have an emotional authority, you might want to give yourself a little bit of time to check in with it 
that said, your specific question about what happens if they don't follow an impulse. So if it's an authentic impulse, so let's say it's like, yes, you know, manifestor so excited to go, um, we were talking about like planning an event, right? But they feel like no one's going to like it. Um, it's not going to work out. And there's like, yeah, there's like extra, there's fear, right? There's kind of like them making themselves smaller Then what that results in is that energy gets kind of like backed up. Right. And what happens when, cause all the manifesto wants to do is just do what they want to do. It's like, it's so easy. Right. But it's everybody else and kind of all the external that can, um, Influence. that can cause doubts yeah. and influence exactly and so when they shut that own energy down in themselves it's really they get angry right it's like oh i really wanted to go um you know i really wanted to study this field but my parents told me i should study another field and now i kind of like hate what i'm doing because i listen to them right it's like angry at other people but also anger at yourself for you know not following what's authentic to you um and it's not like if you're a manifesto listening to this and you're like, oh my God, that's, that's me. It's okay. Like it's not a bad thing um, in and of itself, right? Just like having a health issue can be a good wake up call. Um, if you're feeling what's called the not self. And so for the manifesto, the not self is anger, um, which is just this kind of predominant emotion that you'll feel when you're out of alignment with your energy. It's just an opportunity to reflect like, okay, what about this situation is not working out? Um, what can I change about it? Uh, what have I learned? What can I do differently next time? So if you're a manifester that like, you know, followed group pressure to go to like, you know, have dinner with a group of friends and you actually like really didn't want to that day and you're sitting there kind of like fuming <laughs> or just like, I don't know, sullen. Um, maybe it's like, maybe in that moment you can be like, hey, you know, I actually realized I really don't want to be here right now. Like, I love you all so much, but I'm going to go home, have a great time. Let's catch up later, right? It doesn't have to be where we get tripped up is when we play out in our heads how bad it could be. When in reality, if we just own things and, you know, we are lovingly honest, um, then usually it turns out okay, right? And especially for manifestors being, not feeling shameful about owning their needs is, is a like secret ingredient in that. How would you describe the feeling that they get when they're living in alignment so like the yeah. opposite of anger totally um so that's that's what you're touching on is called if you look at your title say signature um and it's the sort of when you're in the highest vibration or flow of your energy type um and you're living in alignment with that so for the manifester you know you're doing everything you want to do the right people are kind of joining in the people who don't who cares about that right and you're just in peace Mm -hmm. right you can just be yourself um and so manifestors because i mentioned at the beginning in the past they were the kings and queens and we kind of historically have had a really hierarchical model i don't think we live in that kind of world anymore right and so manifestors today you know they're not really they don't want to tell people what to do like that's you know that's an old model they just want to do what they want to do and people can join in in a much more um democratic matter right but they also still, you still want to follow all of your urges. You still want to initiate and you still want to inform. And when you completely allow yourself to do that, there, there's no tension, right? There's just peace. People, people come along and all is well. And people have heard the term like manifesting 
whether it's a relationship or money a, a manifest is like the best at manifesting or can anyone no. do that i'm so glad you asked that yeah a lot of people hear that they're not a manifester and they're sad and it's like <laughs> no no no. we can all manifest it's just i mean there's so only so many words in the english language right and so um when when this system was created that was kind of the word we picked to describe people who have this initiating uh this initiating energy within them and i think it's a good time to just um point out the bottom right arrow on the mm -hmm. chart and how that can indicate whether you are a specific or non-specific manifester so this totally makes sense to me so if you describe it um i believe i'm a non-specific manifester yep. yeah so yep. when i'm asking the universe for whatever i want i've i found it to be that when i get very specific on the details it doesn't happen or um mm -hmm. the opposite when i feel something that i want to feel or just have a general um want or need in my life it does tend to come true so could you explain like how people can yeah. see that on the chart and what that means totally so i think you you just said it if you look at the chart on the black right hand side it's the bottom arrow um and it'll either point left or right and in human design so there's four arrows and they all all the left facing arrows correspond more with like a masculine energy and the right facing arrows are more feminine and so in the case of manifestation because the bottom right hand arrow corresponds to kind of like the way you see things in your mind right so you're like literally like visualizing what do i want to manifest um if you're facing to the left which is specific um it's it's knowing the details of things right because when you think about the masculine it's like i have a plan it's super logical like i know what i'm going to do um here are the steps to get there and so for people that are specific um i mean the good news is like a lot of our kind of goal setting and manifestation language already kind of teaches this way which is like have a list and like really clearly know um and and for them it's like knowing how it's going to happen will strengthen your ability to pull that in versus the non-specific which i think is um you know i think in general the feminine is a little harder in like the mainstream narrative right so being non-specific a lot of people get um they want like specific directions and how to be non-specific. They're like, okay, so I shouldn't have too many things. Like how many, how many details can I write? Like three, five. <laughs> and it's like, well, I, I totally understand where that that's coming from. And I've, when I first learned about this, I struggled with it a bit as well. So like you said, Vivian, focusing on how you want to feel is a great place to start. Um, but it's also like, to me, I like thinking about the archetypal to kind of get people more, freedom on how they want to do this if the left is like linear time and space then the right is like the quantum right so it's like maybe you sit down and you write a list of you know the stuff you want to manifest and it helps you clarify what you really want that's okay for the non-specific what i found instead is like maybe you write the list but like you said the thing that actually comes in is just completely different that's fine right why not um it's about knowing or sorry it's about understanding that you don't necessarily know what's best, right? It's the opposite of the, the left where it's like, ah, oh, all the steps, like that helps me. For the non-specific manifestor, it's, I have no idea how it's gonna come about and that's totally fine, you know? Yeah, and this is why it's important to do the chart as well because I, some people are probably listening, they're like, oh, I, I guess that I'm a, a specific one or I guess that I'm a manifestor because I resonate with some of those things. But a lot of people say um, they've, they believe that the the wrong type like they like oh yeah i must be a generator because i'm like a goal getter but um mm. they actually turn out not to be so this is um another reason to do the full 
the full chart on reading online and get your own chart um, read by a professional sometimes. But I'm intrigued because three out of four of my arrows are pointing mm. to the right. So you're saying that's more specific. What's the one pointing to the left? Well, right. So um, hang on, let me think if there was one more thing I wanted to say about the manifestation piece. Um, just that like it takes, it's okay if you're going to experiment with it, right? Like all of human design, ultimately it's not about following another set of rules. It's about giving you power back. It's giving you your, your own power back, right? So it's as a generator, for example, what's going to feel good in my body. And then I can decide for myself, right? Or with non-specific ex manifestation, experimenting with how's it going to feel? Um, or what is it like when I just trust that things are going to happen? And I surrender, right? Versus needing to go out and grab it. Um, so, so the arrows, <clears throat> the arrows on the left correspond more to your body and the arrows on the right correspond more to your mind. And so um, you'll see the red and the black. The red is, it's everything that happened um, 88 days before your actual sun birthday, right? So the black is your actual birthday and then the red is the 88 days before. And so it said that, you know, the black side, the personality side, we know this about ourselves because we came in and that's, you know, it's just a little more obvious. Whereas the red, it's a little more um, unconscious because, so people might see it about us. They kind of see our body, but we don't have that same perspective on ourselves. Uh, obviously the more work you do and the more exploration and reflection uh, happens, the more that does become clear. Um, and so the, the two arrows on the left correspond more with the way you, whether your mind, your brain is more active or passive, um, how you, your body likes to relate to the environment. And then on the, on the right side, we talk about manifestation. And then the last one is kind of, it's quite esoteric, but it's like how you best um, share your, it's like how you come into your genius. Um, and so, yeah, so in general, you are a more kind of feminine person for you, like, eating, for example, which is the upper left-hand arrow, uh, you don't necessarily need to eat like on a schedule all the time. Like you can actually kind of like be a little more flowy about it, a little more inconsistent. Um, but your body likes to relate to its environment in a more, uh, what's called, a, uh, it's like you want to be kind of like what's happening in the environment around you. Call it to adapt to my environment. Yeah, and it's almost kind of like, hey, like when you're in your environment, it's like people see you, right? Versus like the more feminine way is like, uh, it's, I'm just kind of like blending in. Mm -hmm. And I tried that with the meals today. Usually I'm like lunch at 12, dinner at mm -hmm. five. I need to stick to schedule today. I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat lunch till like two. And yeah. I actually feel pretty good. So I need to learn. I think we've just been programmed to eat at a specific time. So I think it probably does work much better for me to be more intuitive and listen to my body rather than following what we've been taught. And totally. that's what's the whole point of human design at the end of the day. Totally. Um, and I'll just say, since we're talking about food, um, underneath the arrows, there's even more, uh, there's more information that you won't see in a free chart, but I'm looking at your chart on my, my software. Um, and there's different digestive types in human design too. So it speaks to some people, it's more about like the kind of food they eat, the temperature that, of what they eat, whatever. Some people, it's more important for their body to 
have a specific kind of condition. So it's like, what's the sound like? What's the light like? And I don't know if you've heard this before in talking to other people about your chart, but you are someone who you're in direct light. So you actually tend to do better with more food after it's dark. Your body actually tends to enjoy it. It's like, it's able to digest more food um, when it's dark, when the sun's down versus during the day. Um, I don't know if that resonates. And sometimes this information, mm. depending on, you know, cause there's like, obviously this is very different from the mainstream health information. And what I found is depending on where people are in their health journey too, it's like, sometimes you have to, you can't just jump into this, like sort of like out there change. You need to like take it slowly from where you're at. Um, but since we were talking about it, I thought it would just be fun to mention. Interesting. Yeah, I've never yeah. actually tried that because, again, everything that I've learned in nutrition is to eat when the sun's out, stop eating when it goes dark. So I don't know, like, that could be the missing puzzle piece that solves all of my health issues. Maybe. <laughs> I just started eating it in the dark, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, not to say, yeah, that you should start eating at like 3 a.m., but yeah. <laughs> something to experiment with. I know one person who has the same digestion, and um, she was saying that because it was also news to her, right? This isn't something people tell you usually. Um, but she was saying she actually did really well when she lived in Spain and everybody ate dinner at like 9 p.m., mm -hmm. you know? So it's not to say like you can't eat during the day, but um, it could be a fun experiment to see if you start having like dinner as your biggest meal. Um, and, you know, I'm not stress up for about experiments. Yeah. I am the, yeah. the human guinea pig. Does it say anything <laughs> about the, the hot or cold foods? Because... Um, please don't say I should be raw vegan. That's not going to happen. No, no. So, so this is the same. It's the same. Um, if you're in direct light, you can only be that, right? So there is one, there's another di digestive type where temperature is really important. And for them, yeah, like you said, they can be someone who does really well on cold food. <clears throat> but since you're in direct light, you can't be, you can't be that, right? Okay. So for you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, essentially. It's just, it's not um, the most important thing to think about. Great. <laughs> and um, yeah, people need um, the paid charts or they need someone to do this digestive thing, if I'm right. You can't just mm -hmm. do it off the, um, the free one yeah. online. But mm -hmm. are we ready to go to the next? Yes, right? let's, yep. keep, let's keep going. So you have the manifestors. They initiated something. And now we get to the generators. And I'll talk about the generators and the MGs together. And then I'll go into MGs specifically because um, the, the thing that generators and MGs have in common is that they both have a sacral center filled out. So if you look at the chart, there's a square second from the bottom. Um, I think it's brown, and or sorry, it's red, and that represents basically the the life force energy. So if you're familiar with the chakra system in in yoga, it's the second chakra. It's creativity, sexuality, creation. It's like what makes, you know, the flowers bloom and plants grow and all this stuff. And so it's a really powerful energy. And generators and MGs are the only people who have it defined. So when something's defined, it means you're always giving off that energy, right? So they're always um, producing this life force energy. And when you have something in human design, it's like you're meant to have it to achieve your purpose and then also to share it. So if you have a sacral center, this inner fire, you want to tend to it so that you can actually, it kind of like fills your cup and then overflows. So when generators and MGs are doing what they love, they create so much kind of steady, consistent energy, and it lifts everyone else up around them so that as a group, we are more productive, more efficient, more 
um, just like able to kind of get things done. And with that said, so it's like in the tribe, manifestors like, hey, let's let's set up a camp here. Let's build a fire. And the generators and the MJs respond to that um, that situation that life has thrown at them, and they feel literally excited in their gut because that's where the, the uh, sacral center is. They feel a visceral excitement of like, wow, that sounds so fun. Like, let's build a fire tonight. Let's tell campfire stories, and they run around and they make it happen. And I want to point out that you know they're sometimes people hear about being a generator. It's like, oh no, I have the most energy. I have to like do a bunch of work. And I want to be clear that this is not about that. This is about the fact that you have a capacity to do so much when and only when you are actually excited by something. That's the place that you come from because that's when your energy is in alignment. It is not um, just push, 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 do what other people tell you you have to do. I totally resonate with that. I, I'm a generator as well. And I used to have a part-time job just at a supermarket and I would do like an eight hour shift and I would be physically exhausted and I wouldn't be doing much. I'd just be like interacting with customers and just walking up and down, not really doing much. And it would leave me so drained and exhausted. Whereas now I do my nutrition business full time, health coaching, all of that. And I can do 12 plus hour days and feel um yes it is tiring sometimes but I feel like it lights me up it's my passion and I feel like I'm excited to start work in the morning so that really does yes. make sense to me I love hearing that so much because like it's like once you hear you know your chart and the parts of it that are true it's like you're like yeah I see myself in that I know this about myself right but it's just language to kind of confirm what we already know to be true and so I love your example there of like yeah, your work now truly lights you up. And so you can do so much more, right? And the thing for generators to remember is, so going back to kind of the key, the key concepts, right? You know your energy type. You know that as a generator, your strategy is to respond. And just a little bit more about that. It's easy to, I think it's easy for people to know, like, okay, I'm excited about this. It's also just as important to say no to what is not exciting, right? That's like two sides of the same coin. Um, and so it's really important for generators to remember if you feel a no in your body, to say no. <laughs> and it's hard, of course, because you know, generators often growing up, it's like, oh, they can, you know, they they're they're fun, they can get a lot done, they get praised for being helpful, for um, you know, giving to other people that kind of thing. And of course, it's great to do that, especially when you have, you have something to give. But if you're doing it because you are guilty, or you are worried about, you know, being called selfish, or, you know, all the other things that can happen, um, then you're, you're not living in alignment with that vital life force within you. And so if I think about the sacral as like a fire, right, tending to your own inner fire, doing the things that you love that light you up is like putting logs on the fire. And and doing things that are a no, not only do you not put logs in the fire, but you're like throwing the wrong thing on top of it, right? And that energy gets backed up. And what that results in is this pent up energy of frustration. And so that's the not self theme of a generator is when you're kind of just pushing yourself to go and do and um, you're, not, you're not tending to your own inner light, then it's like, ugh 
just like feel really like bogged down, right? Have you felt that before? I mean, you mentioned yeah. that grocery. Yeah, exactly. So this has happened like multiple times, like at the start of my business, because like I was new, I just started my business. I was excited. I'd take on anyone as a client, um, people with like men with um, like crazy um, exercise regimes. They wanted to do marathons. And yes, I know like the basics of health and nutrition, but that's not my area of expertise. Um, and then the consultation wouldn't go as I planned. The client wasn't as um, wasn't as dedicated as I'd hoped. And sometimes I get asked to do like presentations on certain subjects that yes, I knew about, but didn't specialize in the area. Didn't really want to, but I thought I'd just do it for the opportunity and experience anyway. And over the past twelve months or so, I've really been just saying no to um, like clients who I don't think are a good fit and opportunities like really good opportunities that pay well and really good exposure but just don't um, light me up and I've actually noticed that I've become more successful from doing that so I'm turning Mm. down really good opportunities and I'm actually getting more opportunities coming my way that actually fit better and make me more successful in so many ways yes yes exactly so this is so great um Because when you say no, if you think about like our energy is what extends from us, right? So when you say no to things, you actually create more space for better things to come through. And the the other thing that I really want to remind generators and MGs is with your sacral center, right? You have this this energy within you that pulls in like people you're warm you're glowy you're juicy people want to be around you and and opportunities want to be around you, right? And so you don't need to go out and chase things. I think there's an aspect of we all, like part of part of us, if you're not a manifester, everyone kind of feels like they maybe should push a little bit. They should go out and they should hustle. And it's not true. And it's so not true for generators because when you can just kind of reside in the power of your sacral energy, things will come to you. They just will. And then you can respond as exactly as you were saying. You say no to things that aren't, right for you and then things that are even better come along so what type would be the ones that need to go out there and make things happen would that be the manifestors exactly and 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 even for them right it's there's no type where like you have to force that's kind of like one of the big truths of human design right there's no forcing there's no pushing if we just live in alignment with who we are everything flows but the manifestor it's the only they're the only ones who can really just like decide they're going to do something and do it right versus you got to wait for a bodily response as a generator yeah so for me um like even connecting with you on instagram i like followed your page you sent me a lovely message and then i felt pulled to ask you to come on the podcast would that be like me listening to my gut and then putting out an invitation okay yeah totally exactly and then as a projector which we'll get to i was like oh great (laughs) (laughs) um so that's the generator and uh, for for manifesting generators, they're similar in that everything that I just said about the sacral center also applies to you, but MGs also have a little bit of like manifestor energy kind of thrown in. Now, it's not the primary thing, right? The primary thing is still the sacral because it's so strong, but there's an extra quality of kind of being more spontaneous and excited by lots of different things that the mg will have that the generator doesn't so generators in many ways um you like they they often tend to be people that really want to master something because they can just like they get excited by this one thing and they're going to stick with it um mgs because they have that kind of like manifestry uh spark 
they'll get excited about a lot of different things. And so for them, the big, big message is it's okay to get into something and then not be excited by it. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to change your mind. Um, there's so many MGs I know who have been told like, you're so flaky, you're so indecisive. Like, why can't you just like, you know, pick a job and do it for 20 years. And it's like, oh, oh, my heart breaks for them because they have, think about combining that sacral energy with also the additional manifestor energy. They have the most capacity to sit down and pick something up so fast and master something so quickly that they don't need to sit and like, you know, learn pottery for 10 years. They can just like take a pottery course for two months and like maybe in like a few years, they end up, I don't know, doing some crazy like art like collaboration or something. I don't know. It literally could be anything. But so for them, their strategy will still be to respond. But I also want to remind them that they have a nonlinear path and they're really here to show us that it can be fun to just kind of like flit around and it does come, come together in the end somehow. So um, like if an example of a famous manifesto is like Jessica Alba right? And she like was an actress, but then she had like this clean products brand. And it's just like, okay, that's like kind of, you know, if you had told someone that it wouldn't have made sense, but they can just go and do things. Mm -hmm. Like multi-talented. Yeah, totally. And it's such a multiple different skills. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, I think how things really work now too, with like how quickly the world is changing and technology and how we can literally learn anything on YouTube. It's like, yeah, why not be you know, a fisherman slash accountant slash whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could do that. But this, again, makes sense for me just as a regular generator. I want to, like, perfect one area. Um, So I want to know everything that I can about nutrition and hormones and all of that. Um, And then I will do that. And then I'll think of something else. I want to, like, start a YouTube channel or a podcast. And then I'll do everything that I can on there, really understand it, um, do like a hundred episodes and feel really confident. And then I'll move on to um, making a course and then I'll do that. Then I'll write my blog and do like 50 blog posts. So I like to do a lot of different things, but I will really perfect and stick with one until it's kind of complete. And then I'll move on to the next task. Whereas a manifesting generator just sounds like they'll write half a blog post, then record three podcast episodes and then move on to the next thing. So again, really makes sense for me personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the three energy types. So now let's shift to the non-energy types. Yeah, I want to ask as well, with the yeah. sacral response, is mm-hmm. this making it so that um, we need to really care for our gut health and our sacral chakra? Mm, good question. So anybody can have like gut health issues, but especially for generators and MGs, because you have this defined sacral, if you are not allowing your sacral energy to flow. Um, if you're, you know, saying yes to things that are really no's, uh, then that energy will get backed up and you're, you're definitely energetically from the human design perspective, more likely to have gut issues totally. And what about the other way around? So if you have like parasites and candida overgrowth and you're eating foods that you're sensitive to, can that somehow block your, um, your energy oh. flow and your productivity and your intuition? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I've been asked that before. I I want to be careful about like causing unnecessary worry, right? Like if you're, so let's say you're a generator with candida um, and you're like, oh no, 
what if I can't feel my sacral? And it's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like if you, you have the energetic body that you have. So like you will always have that sacral energy. Of course, there's an aspect, I think, of if the physical body is unwell and like, okay, if you have candida, it just, you don't feel good. Like, of course, you know. So like, there's going to be an aspect of maybe you don't feel as connected to your body because it's literally uncomfortable to be in your body, right? Yeah, and it's hard to like, like, listen to your intuition if you've got major brain fog and depression and anxiety. Totally. And so this is where like mind, body, spirit kind of like all, you know, it's all connected, right? So like if you're having a physical um, issue, like you just mentioned, then it might be harder to connect with your energy, but you can also heal from any of those. You can use the entry point of your energy or your body as a point of healing. That's right. And I see the same with like chakra blockages so like a sacral chakra imbalance they would say to eat more orange and mm-hmm. orange foods root vegetables to help with any stagnation in that area um and one thing i did want to ask as well in terms of that sacral response that you get that feeling that gut feeling how to how do you tell the difference between that and just self-doubt and fear so mm. if your body's like no 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 to everything how do you know if that's just like your mind or actually your gut is it where it is in the body yeah this is going to be specific to each person so the the kind of general answer is in an ideal state if you are in in touch with your body and embodied the true sake like the the strongest the epicenter of your sacral response will be the gut right it's going to be that kind of second chakra area there's also the reality that we have all had the experiences that we've had and i know a lot of generators and MGs who are like, I don't really feel it in my gut specifically. Sometimes I just feel, you know, like my, like my skin kind of gets like a zing or like, I just feel excited or, um, you know, maybe I'm smiling. It could be any sort of like positive bodily response. Um, I feel like I'm kind of getting a little bit off on a tangent, but so it's going to be specific to you. And if you don't feel it in your gut specifically, because maybe you have a health issue and you're just not feeling super in your body, or there's been some kind of other trauma stored, or that's just not you. That's all completely okay. Um, The exercise I like to give is think about a time when you knew something was just right for you. Like in your case of the end, it's like, you know how it feels to work on work that you're excited about. And what does that feel like in your body? Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of back calculate from there. And then there was a second part of your question, remind me. I think that was it. So how you tell the difference between fear and self-doubt versus that gut response. And so I'll say like fear, self-doubt, all of that, it is usually like, it'll be something coming from the mind, right? So it will be demanding a reason. Um, and, and so if you can kind of like, if there's like a logic component of it, usually that's not going to be your sacral because mm-hmm. it's like the sacral center energy. It's like, it doesn't have sentences. It doesn't have words. It's just, it's just pure energy, right? So you just feel um, drawn to something. Totally. Okay. Exactly. But I will also say, I think you can be, I think you can be excited by something, but still have fear about it. Right. If it's like just the new and unknown. And so that's also something to experiment with, or, you know, this is like when I work with people one-on-one, we also go into this. It's like, okay, let's play with, if you're scared to start your business, what is it like to just put that first post up or just, you know, tell someone you're doing this and then how does how does that relationship between the fear and then the gut excitement like evolve another example for me would be um back when i first started my business public speaking um 
I it's like my worst fear ever but I knew that I wanted to do it because I wanted to educate and teach and spread my knowledge about hormones and um, skin health all of that so I was really scared my brain was like oh no what if this happens what if you mess up but my body was like ultimately drawn to it so that's when I went ahead and then over the years my fear has faded away and I can immediately tell um say if they wanted me to do a, a talk on sports nutrition again I'd be like nope I enjoy speaking now, but I don't enjoy that. Whereas if it's for hormonal health, then I'm more drawn to it. So yeah, I, I like your explanation. Well, I also like your example there because it just goes to show like, sometimes we have to try something before we do it. And that's another thing about the sacral center is, well, two things. One is it's not, it's not going to be able to predict the future. It's not psychic. <laughs> I feel like I have to say that. Um, but also it, it operates in the moment, right? So something that it will be like, it, you don't want to ask your sacral, how should I do this thing in like, you know, in like six months or like, should I eat this tomorrow? Because it's like a little abstract. It's better to actually, or what would be another good example? Like whether, like if you wanted to ask yourself, like, should I go to this event or not? And you're kind of like, not sure. It might take you going to the event and feeling it out to see if you're actually excited versus like not into it. And that's mm -hmm. okay. You can do that and then just leave. Right. Great. Yeah. So should we do the next one? Yes. So the last two types are non-energy types. So the key difference here is that projectors and reflectors, they could be doing their favorite thing in the world, but they're still going to need to take rest. They don't create more energy when they do what they love. Um, and so let's start with projectors. They are really here to guide energy. They're here to make something more efficient. And if I go to the analogy of the tribe, it's like we had the manifestors kind of initiate, we had the generators and the MGs respond from a place of excitement. And, you know, all this action's happening, we're building, we're building our little like village. And the projectors, they're kind of standing and observing everything. And they see how to improve things. So they'll go and, you know, tell someone like, hey, I actually think you should move this over there. And to someone else, like, why don't we get a few more like logs trapped or whatever, right? And so they're really the guides. And so they can, because the thing about projectors is they don't have a sacral center. Um, and so they can be in a group of people, you know, all the other energy types, and they can really feel into the desires, the energy, they can ride the productivity of other people around them and amplify it, but then they need to kind of back out a little bit. So it's this constant dance, right? And it's not a bad thing to it's almost kind of like the energetic equivalent of like drinking a cup of coffee, <laughs> like the projector that's hanging out with generators and MGs and manifestors. It's like they can be on that buzz for a little bit and then they need to, to retreat. So they and need so, to be really conscious who they spend their time with. Totally. Yes. Um, and so for them, their, their strategy is to wait for an invitation. Because if you think about that analogy of the tribe and if a projector is just standing there yelling, you know, about like what needs to be done like people are you know nobody likes that and so they need to make sure whatever insights they're sharing that whoever's receiving those insights actually has space and wants to wants to listen right so a lot of times people here wait for the invitation and they feel very debilitated by it because it's like oh no I can't do anything I just have to sit around and wait that's not it at all it is simply that in order to live in alignment with your energy, to not just throw things against a wall and have them go splat, just to check out that whatever you share, people want to hear it, right? And there's also this kind of 
experimentation in this dance you can have with it as a projector. Like you can, you know, if you feel excited by something or you maybe you want to apply to a job, you can, you can reach out and you can ask like, Hey, are you hiring? And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, I won't pursue it. But if it's, yeah, come on in, like come for an audition, then there's space all of a sudden for people to receive your gifts, right? They've invited you in to, to check out what you have to offer. And so as long as you're feeling recognized as a projector, um, that's, that's really the thing to focus on. So another example, maybe, um, so like you're into healthy living and you're in a family, maybe your um, other half is living really unhealthily and you're just telling them every day, you need to stop eating that bread, the sugar is really bad for you, you need to eat more vegetables, that would be the wrong way to go about it. Whereas if the partner asks, oh, do you know what ingredient may be good for this issue or I'm struggling with migraines, is there anything that I can do? That's when your invitation um, is given Absolutely. and you can give advice at that point, Absolutely. is that right? Yep. And I'll add to that. Um, another big thing for projectors to think about is before you have an invitation, there's a sense of like, you know, projectors sitting in, by themselves and in their heads, they know all the answers. And what can happen is they see people around them, you know, not listening to them and they get really bitter about it. It's like, what, how, you know, how come that person, how come everyone's listening to that person about her healthy eating advice, but not me? Cause like, I know so much. Right. And so you really want to watch out for that bitterness. Um, when you know you are trying to kind of force your insights and they're not being received but what you can do instead is to recognize yourself first so it's a really big thing so in the case of you know this this nutritionist this hypothetical nutritionist woman in her living situation she can see herself as the expert first right it's like can she be so grounded in her and confident in her knowledge that she doesn't need to like desperately kind of get validation but be like, you know what? I know what I know. I'm going to live my life. And once you start embodying that, people start noticing, right? So it's like, oh, wow, she knows something. Like she seems to have all these great recipes. She seems like really glowy. Like what, what is she eating? And that's how you take this kind of more active process in getting invitations is by recognizing yourself first. So would the not self theme be bitterness? Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, but on the, on the converse, when you are really recognizing yourself, you're, um, like kind of building up your own skills and your gifts and developing your insights, then naturally people will come to you and ask for your thoughts and that results in success. So projectors so, so deeply just really want to be seen, um, for what they have to offer. And so when that happens, it's, it feels like success to them. Did you say that you're a projector? I am. And okay. then our, our mutual friend Cassie is as well. Okay. So, and it's funny because, you know, she's into astrology. I'm into human design. There's some system that projectors kind of get really like mm. into, right? Whether it's art or science or whatever. Yeah. Very yeah. creative people, I find. Oh, um, so that's projectors. And then last type is reflectors and they are the rarest. They're only about 1% of the population. And the thing about their chart is that it's completely white um, in that none of the shapes are colored in and so anywhere where you're not defined you're able to pick up what other people are feeling right it's either you're either emitting energy or you're receiving it so the reflector is like the ultimate receiver of everything that's going on and their energetic purpose then is because they can so deeply enter the experience of other people when they speak about what's going on for themselves, they're really actually speaking about everybody else in a way. So 
to go back to, we're going to hop back to that tribe analogy one last time and finish it out. Um, now, you know, our village has been built with the energy types and the projectors guiding the energy. And then the reflector has been the one that's just kind of been flitting around all day. And then at the end of the evening, I imagine them like by this campfire that's been built and they're telling stories. They're just telling us stories about what happened. And when, as we all listen, we, we think about like, oh yeah, that is really like what was going on for me or that is really how I'm feeling. Because reflectors just, they, they reflect back what is happening in the environment around them because they're so sensitive. What would a, a modern day equivalent be in terms of careers? Totally, totally. So there's a couple examples. Um, one of them, do you know Ama, the, the hugging saint? Nope. She's, uh, it's like, I, I have a yoga background, so sometimes I bring up these people. She's, she's just like a, kind of like a modern day guru, and she just like hugs people and like heals them. And it's like, she can so deeply just be so loving and feel into people. Um, maybe a more... Uh, kind of grounded example is if you know uh the balanced blonde podcast or blog mm, she's jordan? in the u.s so yeah jordan yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. a reflector ah. um and it's interesting to me because like for her i've heard her speak about um you know she okay well one she has this community you know and she has you know the health issues whenever and she kind of really has a whole group of people that identify with her journey um but i think she i've also heard her talk about how you know, she tried to go off social media for a while while she was healing from Lyme disease. And it was like so hard because she actually really craved that connection. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a part of reflectors that really need to have their, have their tribe because that is how they really share their energetic purpose with the world. And I'm, she's like a very sensitive person, I think, like with mm -hmm. her energy and her health. So I'm guessing you need to be mindful of like who you're surrounding yourself with even more than a so projector. Much. Okay. so much so you don't want to yeah. be taking on the bad bad vibes yeah well i mean it's essentially it's like it, i kind of imagine like it's the what the who you are that your environment um who you are is basically like the water you swim in right so if you are unhappy with your physical surroundings if you don't like the company you keep if they um yeah if they have bad vibes like you literally like it becomes a part of you you know there's like no there's no buffer between you and the world. And so, yes, for them, environment and company is so, so important. And then their strategy is actually to wait a whole moon cycle before deciding anything, which obviously you can only do for big decisions. Um, but it's because they're so sensitive to the environment that includes the lunar cycle that how they feel about something is going to ebb and flow with that as well. Um, and, and when they allow themselves to really just become and kind of take on the experiences of wherever they are, they actually become just so surprised and delighted by life. Cause it's like, if you can literally experience every possible different experience in the world, like how awesome is that, right? Um, so their signature is surprise. Um, but when they're being, when they're living out of alignment, they start to feel like they, you know, maybe it's like they're, they're stuck in one group or they are maybe in an environment that doesn't feel great and it just feels like it's always going to be this way and they no longer are really leaning into that, that ethereal nature, then they start to feel really disappointed because it's like, oh no, how, how sad, everything is just the same, <laughs> you know? And that's really not what they're here to do. They're really here to be like in awe of life. I really us. want to know if there's anyone listening who is a reflector. <laughs> I'm going to post yeah. um, a social media um, image on the day that this is released so please everyone go and do your chart and let me know if you're 
a unique um, unicorn reflector because the, totally. they sound so cool. And But I don't and know if I'd want to be like a very sensitive person who takes on all of that energy. I'm not sure. I think I'll just stick with well, being a generator. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I like what I got. And yeah. that's perfect, right? It's like you come in with the chart and the energetic skills and guess you really meant to. Now, if you were someone else, of course, you'd feel different. There's one last example that just came to me. I don't know if you're familiar with... Um, to be magnetic. She does like manifestation yes. um, work. So Lacey Dunn. Uh, Lacey Phillips. So Liz not Phillips, her, yeah. but she oh, had. Oh, not Lacey Dunn. Lacey Phillips. Uh, yeah. So she had, she, Lacey is a projector, but she had on her podcast recently, this guy named, um, I think it's Atara Valentine. And he's like such a projector. He's an artist. He has like blue hair. Um, I don't know, like and then he kind of talks very openly about all of the work that he's done um, through To Be Magnetic's courses. Um, just if you want, like, I don't know, someone, just another flavor. And if you look at, like, Jordan versus Atara, it's like they're so different. And reflectors are all so different from each other because they re they're reflective of, like, whatever life experience they've had, right? So I'll have to listen to that. I'll include the link to that episode in the show notes as well for yeah, everyone's, yeah. everyone to check oh, out. Love it. I'll send it to you. Um, so those are all the energy types and yeah, the strategies. Yeah, very interesting. Any, any questions? Um, I probably want to know more about me. I think you've told, told us Let's a lot, that. just to yeah. be selfish. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, particularly the profile types. I'm mm. a 5-1. I know there's like 12 or something different types, but yep. maybe like the most common and the 5-1 as well. And then I'm also interested in the inca incarnation cross. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay. So let's do profile first. Um, so profile is a fun one because, so there's 12 different profiles. Um, they are made up of a combination of two numbers and it's going to be the two numbers that are after the decimal point at the top of your chart. So in your case, um, you have 6.5 and 15.1. So your, your profile is a five one mm -hmm. and the numbers go from one to six because they represent uh, the different lines in the, hex the hexagram of the I Ching and they each mean something and then when they combine they also kind of like have additional information. So for you the fifth line is it's on the right hand side so it's kind of what you know about yourself already which is that you have this save the day energy. It's like you really are here to have an impact on other people um, and you can kind of get along with anyone because of that. So to take a step back, there are 12 profiles and there's two broad categories. You can either have a profile that is here to have an effect on other people first, and that's how you feel most kind of worthy and on purpose. Um, or you can ha have a profile that's related to discovering something really about yourself, like seeing your own self-value, self-worth. Um, and obviously, you know, if you know, learn something about yourself that kind of shines through in other people, you impact other people. If you impact other people, you start to learn something about yourself. So we all get to the same point eventually. It's just the entry point is a little different. Um, so for you, you have the, the kind of profile that's here to have an impact on others. So that's why having the fifth line, there's this quality of like you can get along with anyone because you really do need to kind of be out in the world interacting with strangers, essentially. And then the one is really about like you like you're very curious. You like understanding things. You want to investigate just like, what are the facts around what I want, like the world, right? And you tend to feel 
more comfortable when you're armed with, in, not armed, but when you really understand something and you have that information. Absolutely. Um, I heard someone else <laughs> talking about them being a 5-1 and they were uh -huh. saying how they have to literally Google everything. So if they're buying a new vacuum cleaner, they need to read all of the reviews. They need to compare every single um, technical difference between all of the different um, appliances. So that sounds like me. And just with yeah. the job that I do, I work with people all over the world, strangers, and I'm trying to help them improve their health. So that sounds exactly like me. Totally. They're like, great. Like Vivian can help me. She knows, she knows what to do, you know? Um, and so there's this interesting balance where because people will want you to solve their problems, right? That, and that also is part of your purpose is you're here to help solve things. Um, giving yourself a certain amount of responsibility to step into is really important. But on the other hand, there will also be people that want your help that where it's not actually correct for you. And so this is where you really want to listen to your, your sacral center and follow the strategy of, wait, does this really light me up? And I know we've already talked about it with some of the work examples um, where you want to be discerning about what you really sign up to do because people will want lots of things from you because um, you seem so competent. And also you do need a certain level of responsibility, but it's, it's like, you got to be the one to decide for yourself. Is this really, is this really like what's in the highest and best? Because you don't want to put yourself in a position of feeling like cynical about like, Oh, like I got to do this thing. It's such a slog, you know? Interesting. What's up? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I will say is five ones are also, you tend to think of yourself as someone who like does things differently or like, I don't know, you're like sort of a renegade and other people might not see that, but you know this about yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I approach um, nutrition and like not following the trends like every, everyone else does. If I want to do something, even though it's not quote cool, I'll just go about and do it anyway. A bit of a rebel in some ways. <laughs> totally. Exactly. I, a lot of the five ones I know, they, yeah, they're absolutely like, there's like a whole, an inner, an inner world where they're just like, yeah, I'd like see things differently. You yeah. know? And are there any I other like, profiles that are very common? Um, they're, they're kind of evenly, so there's like, they're like evenly distributed across like two different, there's like a graph I'm picturing in my head. There's, there's not any one kind that's way more common. Okay. So, what's yours? Yeah. And what, what's um, yours and six, what does yours mean? Yeah, I'm a six two. So the sixth line is all about they call it the role model. So they actually have this really unique thing where in the first 30 years of your life, we go through like, just like life. And it can be kind of like a lot of challenges, a lot of ups and downs. And then once you hit 30 or you're sudden return, you kind of retreat a little bit and you like alchemize everything that happened. And then you emerge at 50 to really share your wisdom. I know. Well, right. so, what, what age are you now? Where are I'm you? 30, I'm, yeah, I'm 31. So I like, I mean, all the health issues that I mentioned and that whole journey was definitely part of it. Um, and I will say, I was like, man, I really hope things get easier. <laughs> I feel like they have. I mean, it's only been, you know, a little bit of time, but so far, so far it's feeling accurate and I'm relieved. <laughs> I'll also say, because so if your profile starts with a five or a six, you're in the category of people that have a a purpose of having an effect on others and impact on others. And one thing that I wish I had known when I was younger is like when I was in university, I 
was just like, I have to do something, you know, all these like career questions, existential questions. And I was like, I really just want to have an impact on people. And I, you know, thought I would go do the Peace Corps. I thought I was going to teach like in inner city schools. Like I just kept trying to push all these things because I was so hungry to like fulfill that purpose. And if somebody had just told me like, it's okay, sweetie, it'll come to you when you're like 50, just like surrender to the flow of life. Oh my gosh, what, how helpful that would have been, you know? That's so what people like, says, isn't it? Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh my God, why is it that my friend knew what she wanted to do since she was 10 years old and I'm in my forties, I have no idea what I want to do, but everything happens for a reason. Totally believe totally. that. Yeah. And I'll also say, um, so there's two things. One is like, there's all that pressure of like, you know, 30 under 30, 40 under 40, whatever. Um, but the other thing that I love about human design is it tells you about your energetic gifts, which you can apply in any career, right? So it's, it's often so much less about like, are you going to be a doctor versus a lawyer than like, what is the quality of energy I bring? Am I the kind of person that really helps everybody um, create connection? Am I really good at creating connection? Or am I really good at sharing like my unique insights about the world? Or am I really good at getting people to remember that like life is amazing and feeling a sense of gratitude, right? Those are things that we can do anywhere we go. And that's really like, that's the deeper purpose to me. Mm -hmm. So I think now we can go into our incarnation cross because mm -hmm. this, this is like a good bridge. Um, the incarnation cross is the top four most important gates on your chart. So in your case, it's 636, 1510. And it relates to the sun and earth um, gates that you came in with. So that's why they're the most important if you have an astrological background. And so... I'll do a quick blurb on like what those four gates mean and then we can like tie it together for, cause it kind of alchemizes in a unique way. Right. Um, so for you, there's a part of you that is, you're very attuned to intimacy. There's a part of you that's also like, there's a fear of intimacy because anything that's a gift can also be, um, can also have like a low frequency way of manifesting. Right. So you're someone who's really quite good at figuring out like, what do we need to, to, build a connection to be intimate but then also this kind of like awareness of ooh, that's like pretty intense right <laughs> um so there's quite like a strong uh like you're very in touch with your feelings about this and then also you are someone who is here to help solve emotional problems and you're able to solve emotional problems because you've actually been through some shit yourself mm -hmm. and that's that's how you you know have the wisdom that you have um and so you're able to use this kind of like emotional wisdom to really help people um turn breakdowns into advantages it's like what is the emotional lesson here to evolve right turn your mess into your message <laughs> yes exactly completely um and then the two other gates the 15 and the 10 um the 10 is about there's a part of you that just like loves life it's like you see how beautiful life is whether you, i don't know if you know this or not because now we're talking about the unconscious side but it's like you can be the person who's like at breakfast and just be like this toast is so fucking delicious like oh my god it's so great and everyone's like oh yeah you're right like wow and you kind of lift everybody up through through this intrinsic um, way of seeing the world, right? And so when you do that, when you allow yourself to just really completely share how excited you are by things, by life, by yourself, your self-love, 
you hold a space for us to live in a world where that's how we all see things, right? We can all be in that state of awe and gratitude. Um, and so when you think about that in combination with like some of the heavier kind of like emotional turning your mess into a message, like you can handle both. You can handle both the dark and the light and really let people see that. Yeah. Yeah. It can be like a very childlike view of things, like mm-hmm. seeing the, the most simple things, like the trees blowing in the wind, the flower blooming in the spring. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so your purpose, um, well, and then I'll just say, so for the, the 15, it's also about an accepting of, an acceptance of all the different extremes that life has to offer. And so it's like, again, similar to the um, solving emotional problems, but it's like, you've also had kind of extreme experiences in your own life that allow you to see like, yep, like we can all be totally different, but also that's okay. Right. And then this all comes together into your incarnation cross, which as I mentioned before, it's about helping people turn these breakdowns into really like a springboard to evolution, right? And you have this ability to really understand like the emotional murkiness that that can entail. Um, But then you also have the counterpoint of like, but life is amazing. Yeah. And it is ultimately good. And I do know that things get better and so on and so forth. And so the thing that's really important for you to remember though is in order to serve this purpose um especially because you have an undefined emotional center you want to keep yourself really emotionally grounded and clear right because the only way you can serve the only way you can offer this um with from a place of clarity is when you are in when you are in your own stuff and not taking on other people's stuff and so it can be good to you know get alone time to have the various practices that I'm sure you have to um, support yourself in processing emotionally. I'm very introverted. So I need my alone time. Mm-hmm. And I always say that I, I feel like I've dealt with every single hormone imbalance out there. So I can, totally. I've been through all of it and now I can help people if they're just dealing with one of those things and be the proof that there is hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, of course there's the part of you that, is very fact and science driven. And yet we also know that, you know, any sort of health journey, it's not just what's happening physically, it's also what's happening emotionally. And you can really provide that for people that um, that place to reflect and hold space and grow from it. Cassie said that as well, when I was talking to her on our astrology um, yeah. podcast, she was saying that I am obviously very science-based and um, very Virgo energy, organized, structured, but she said I would, I really do well with looking at some more of the emotional um, spiritual side of things as well. She said, I've got a real gift in that area. Yeah. And oh, I've actually I got lo- family members who are um, kind of like mediums and things and have like really good intuition. So everything's coming together. I feel well, like I know I myself when, more than ever. <laughs> I love it. Well, I love also when different systems confirm the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I also have like a business background. So I don't know if you have heard of Strengths Finder. It's this very like, I don't know, it's a test they make you take in a lot of the companies, but I've actually been talking to people who've taken that and I've looked at their charts and there are certain gates that correspond with certain strengths. It's fascinating. Um, so yeah. And I also want to add like, you know, we think that the left and the right is a contradiction, but it doesn't have to be right. Like we're so multi-dimensional, multi-layered that we can be both things, right? We can be, um, really science-based and really like emotionally deep. Agreed. And we could yeah. talk about this forever. I could probably talk to you for the next four hours and just find out everything, but 
um, I would I, highly I recommend it. anyone to uh, reach out to you and, and get a personal reading because it really is important just to understand yourself and what's more important than that. Totally. And yeah, we barely scratched the surface on, know. <laughs> you know, your other gates and your other um, centers and all that, but we can definitely chat more in a future yeah. time. And if anyone's interested, um, please do reach out. I love supporting people on this journey. It, it really was the final thing that took me kind of out of my health journey into truly a place of healing. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Tell people to... where they can find you online, social media, all of that good stuff. Yep. So I'm on Instagram um, at vital becoming, and I'm sure you'll link it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty like low tech for now. Just DM me and we'll chat, you know, and um, I do readings. I also work with people one-on-one because -on -one I think, you know, human design is an entry point, but then it's like, great, what are the, you know, subconscious beliefs that we have to change to actually implement that change? Um, if it's manifestation, I love supporting people on that too, because it's a fun one. Yeah, you're not going to just tell them, oh, you have this issue. Um, you're maybe lacking in this area. Like, bye. Right. Good luck. Right. <laughs> coach them through. Um, and I think everyone needs a coach really in all different areas and different times of their life for different things. So if you're someone who's just starting in their health journey, has no idea, maybe find out about your digestive type, um, how you do best in terms of work, because you could be doing the completely wrong thing or on the other hand, if you're someone who's been on your health journey, like I said, for years now and have improved, but you still got this block, human design could definitely be the thing that makes the biggest change. So I highly recommend people reaching out. I will include your contact details in the show notes, but I do have a few questions before we finish up. Yes. What's something that you're into lately? It's obviously human okay. design, but anything <laughs> else could be health related, yeah. completely random. So I've been eating a lot of nut butter recently. And at my local food co-op, they have hazelnut butter. Oh my God. On the it's like Nutella. It's yeah. And it's just pure <laughs> hazelnut butter. It mm. is so delicious. Um, and it's like got this like drizzly texture. I don't know. I could talk about it for ages, but if you haven't tried it, <laughs> highly recommend. Have you ever tried macadamia nut butter? That is like oh, crack. <laughs> really? Oh my yeah, gosh. I, I never buy it because it's really expensive and yeah. I just end up eating the whole thing right away. But that's dangerous stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's my uh, it's my Corona splurge. <laughs> <laughs> and is there one book that's changed your life? So maybe one on human design, if there is any, or just like a fiction book, personal development. Yeah, totally. I so I'm a huge reader. I I couldn't tell you like my favorite because that's impossible. But um, I'll give you two. One uh, for human design. If people are interested, there is sort of like the Bible text of human design, which is written by Ra Ruhu and Linda, I think it's Burnell, and you can find that on Amazon. Um, and then a fiction book that I reread recently, because I usually go to the library, but cannot right now, um, is called Sour Heart by Jenny Zhang, and it's a book of short stories. And it, you know, it's like a, you know, a teenage girl coming of age, and it's just like really brought me back to that moment. And it was it's so great. Love that. And then last question yeah. is what's something that you do every day to stay in hormonal harmony? So I'm guessing you're very in sync with your um, type, but is there anything in particular that you do either nutrition wise, lifestyle wise, stress management that you want to share? Yeah, I sleep. That's mm -hmm. like the number one thing I prioritize. Yeah. And I, I also in particular, like let myself linger in bed if I can, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes where it's that just like gentle wake up and Oh, so good. The best feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than being woke up by a crazy loud alarm clock, mm. rushing in the morning, that's like the worst thing. That really makes my day go ter terribly. So I'm a slow starter as well. 
finally yeah i want to thank you for coming on the podcast we'll have to do a part two if someone's if everyone's got questions and like i said if i want to know what type everyone is that's listening so please let me know on the instagram post from today and thank you victoria this has been amazing thank you so much i'm so happy you reached out and yeah please would love to chat about human design more if anyone's interested can't wait I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.